running through your head currently. As in, well, good thing I'm in a season of singleness. This doesn't apply to me. Um, but yeah, this is this is going to be a really interesting topic to talk about. We're in our series of the Upside Down Kingdom, and we will be addressing, yeah, the Upside Down Kingdom's way of dating. Because that is a uh, man. I think I think it's kind of one of those deals. If I talked about like a random chapter out of John, like almost none of y'all are going to have like super formed opinions on that. Like you're just going to like kind of be like, oh yeah, sure, like whatever. But pretty much all of y'all, I bet have some pretty strong opinions about dating, or uh, at least uh, some pretty strong thoughts about it. you got some things that you're thinking through. And so it's a little bit of an interesting thing to talk about, especially because there's not like like a dating scripture. There's not just like something I can pull out of like, I don't know, some book in like in like Romans or something and be like, yep, this is how we date. Song like, it's not like that. And Tarvis says Song <laughs> Solomon, yeah, I'm not gonna be referencing that. Um, yeah, you know what I mean about that. But, yeah, so it's a little bit of an interesting topic uh, to talk about. And I know, yeah, there's a lot of, like, feelings and emotions and opinions about it. And so I figured I'd start off by just kind of telling you guys my background. Like, why should you care at all what I have to say about dating? Um, especially because, yeah, it might contrast a little bit with what you think. And so I wish I could tell you in terms of my dating and my experience with dating and, yeah, my dating life and that kind of stuff when I was single that like I was the story that I like I did everything right and I just like really like nailed it all and like I had I made no mistakes and you guys can just like kind of follow after me just do what I did and it'd be great that is what I wish I could say and that is very much not my story uh, it's really quite the opposite I I am one of those people that I'm like yeah I basically made every single mistake I think you could possibly make with dating and now I get to tell you, like, hey, don't do those things, because it sucks. Like, it's terrible. I don't want you to go, go through the same things. And so, yeah, just to list a few, and only a few, I, yeah, I feel like in high school, as most people in high school do, they, like, I mean, those relationships are short and tiny, uh, short-lived and just, like, ridiculous. I dated not because I actually wanted to find someone I wanted to marry, but because I was, like, afraid of being lonely and just kind of bored and also kind of want to like figure out what making out was like and so I was just kind of like, you know, date figure that out. Uh, so I like, yeah, had all these like short little like, I don't know, flings or whatever. I communicated terribly. I never really shared anything about like what I was going through in life. It was purely like superficial relationships. I feel like, uh, yeah, we had like multiple experiences of the classic, like we're just talking, like we're not dating, like, but then, of course, I'm like, they went on a date with someone, like, that would be a, like, no. Like, I'll be really mad about that. I was like, oh, we're just talking, we're just talking. I did that whole thing. Uh, I said, like, I love you way too soon and had all the ramifications of that. Uh, I talked about marriage far too soon. I had no semblance of boundaries when I first started uh, dating. Like, no sense of boundaries. Like, uh, physical, emotional, time-wise, relational, like, nothing like that. Like, it was just a wreck. Like, it was every, and I went, like, far too far on all of those kind of things. Like people used to say of Darby and I that we were like attached at the hip and they like never saw us apart. Like we spent all of our time together every single day. Now like that was very true. Like we probably spent, I think we calculated it one time. It was crazy how much time we spent together. Like Darby's like making this face. Like I think, I think we spent about like the, I don't know, 12 to 15 hours of our day every single day together for like like three months or something like that. It was it was crazy. Like like I'm saying, I was. Dude, yeah, I don't know. We were in love. Yeah. You should have seen 
in these messages that we sent. We were trying to find the best. Uh, I deleted them there that Yeah, Darby deleted them. They were like the cheesiest little like sappy love love messages you've ever seen. Like, I mean I just did everything wrong. Like every the list could go on and on. Like they keep telling me about that. It's just I mean I it was kind of just a total wreck. Um, but with every single one of those mistakes I made, I also have to deal with all the consequences of those decisions. And a lot of those consequences might have been short term, but I can even see some of the consequences of that type of dating like play out now. Like I still see some of those things affect our like marriage now. And just, yeah, like different ways about how I think about things. And so my hope for this sermon is to, I don't know, go as one who's gone before you and made those mistakes and be like, don't make these mistakes. Like, like there's a better way. And I think through college, I got to see other friends date. And I got to see dating done right. Like dating that was really healthy and like uplifting and beneficial. And that was amazing for like all the parties involved. And I got to see people do it in such a really godly and healthy way. And that is my hope for you guys. That you don't go on my path and just make all the mistakes. I hope that you can take a little bit from my like experience and not go down some of those same paths. Because they're, they're not great. Um, and yeah, just a little more context. I was thinking about this. There's sometimes like hesitancy when our staff talks about dating and I just get a lot of pushback. Like a lot of people are just kind of like, oh no, like they don't know what they're talking about. Like why should I listen to them? I, I know, I know what I'm talking about. I've seen a lot of like TV shows that talk about dating. So I really know like what it is to date or like my parents gave me advice and of course they haven't dated in like 20 years, but I'm sure it's pretty like relevant. Uh, you know, you, you have that kind of stuff. And I was thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, when I first like came to college and started getting exposed to like college dating and all that kind of stuff, I, I did the calculation. Some of y'all were in fifth grade, like, and I'm like not that old, but I guess I'm a little old. Um, some of y'all were in fifth grade when I started being around this. And I also get to pull a lot from like our collective staff and we've spent hundreds of hours counseling people through dating in college. Like hundreds of hours collectively, like thousands of, like depending on all of our staff, like pulled, pulled together, like thousands of students have come through our ministry that we've talked to you about dating. And so that's a little bit of my like resume, why I think I have maybe a little bit to say about dating. But I also say like, I don't have it all figured out. Like there is no formula for dating. There is no like, this is the correct one way to do it. But I do have experience and I've seen a lot of good relationships and I've seen a lot of bad relationships. So really, I want to start by just kind of sharing a little bit of like what we're up against which I think a lot of us know that the world is not doing super well with having healthy, good marriages. Like the stats do not look very good. And that is what we want. I feel like if I pulled this room, almost everyone in here would say that they would one day want to be married and have a good, healthy, happy, like just enjoyable marriage. And the thing is, the stats are like, the likelihood is not great, right? I was looking at this article, I was trying to get the most up-to-date facts on this. This article I was reading was like, it was super like positive and optimistic. It was like, uh, divorce rates are going down. Like it's so much better. Like now it's only a 40 to 50% chance that you divorce. Like, and I'm like, that's terrible. Like what? Like, what? Like, 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 it's only a coin flip now. It used to be way worse. I was like, what? That's still like a terrible like divorce rate, right? Like I don't want a coin flip of whether I have a great marriage or a marriage that ends in like a messy divorce. Like, I know a lot of us know that, like, marriages that don't end in divorce, but also just don't end up being in a good spot in the first place. So that's kind of where we're at. And the church's statistics are not any better. The church's, like, divorce rates are really not any better. 
And so that is what we're up against. We're, we're up against this thing that a lot of us want to get married one day and want to have healthy marriages, but what, how do we do it? Like, it's not working. Like, whatever the world's doing is not working. Like, like the stats are not uh, adding up. And so, kind of my main premise that a lot of my rest of my stuff builds off of is just this idea of, like, we want different results. We have to do something differently. You can't date like the world and get some sort of, like, hope that you're going to get a different result. So, if you want different results, you've got to do something different. I think I have a slide for that. Yes. Yeah, so if you want different results, you've got to do something differently. That is like a main kind of thought I have for you guys tonight. Because if you're trying to date like the world is dating, you're going to get the same kind of results. Like, does that, does that feel like click for you guys? Like, do you get like the ramifications of that? If you date like the world is dating, like, you're going to get the same results. Like, if you're, uh, I don't know if I should share this. It's pretty, like, it's pretty intense. It's a pretty intense line. I um, <laughs> basically, I was just saying, like, if you want to be normal and fit in with dating, then you'll fit in when everyone's getting divorced in 20 years. Like, you know what I mean? Like, man. Right? Like, if, I, if you're just trying to follow the crowd, oh, I told you it was intense, I warned you. Uh, if you're just trying to follow the crowd and do what everyone else is doing, you're going to end up with the same stats, and you don't want to be there. So you've got to do something different. So I've got a couple principles for you, and then I have some practicals at the end of what I just think is, like, good practices on the day-to-day. So, first principle, in the world, you look for someone who makes you happy. In the kingdom, you look for someone who will make you holy. In the world, you look for someone who makes you happy. In the kingdom, you look for someone who will make you holy. And yeah, this, is, this has a lot of ramifications for a lot of things. It uh, impacts how we choose the people that we go on dates with. It chooses who we date exclusively with, who we choose to marry, and then even what that marriage is going to look like and kind of our expectations for that marriage. First Peter 1, 14 through 16, I think I was live for that too, um, says, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. And that is a consistent principle all throughout Scripture, this idea that God is holy and set apart and that we are called to be the same. We are called to look like Christ and be in right relationship with God. And our primary goal in life is no longer to be happy. Like, being happy is great. That's awesome. That's awesome if you're happy. But rather, our main goal is relationship with Jesus and being transformed to look like him. And that is the same in dating as it is in life in general. Our main goal in dating should not be to fight loneliness, or to find someone who's really attractive, or taller than you, or to find someone who makes us laugh all the time, or to find someone who makes us really happy. Yeah, I know, I know you girls are always looking for those tall guys. <laughs> no, no. We appreciate a short king. Yeah, short king, man. Short king. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so a lot of A lot of those things are great, but those are not our main goal as disciples. That is how we end up where the rest of the world ends up. If those are our main things, we'll end up there. Our main goal as disciples is to be better disciples of Christ, right? Is to love people well and love Jesus well. And all that other stuff will come in time. As we're transformed more like Jesus, you'll see that you're, the things that you're attracted to change. The things that are really interesting to you about a person changes over time. And really, a lot of that stuff, like the twisted desires that we have, will be made right and be made to what they're supposed to be. And you'll start actually being transformed into finding happiness in things that you didn't use to find happiness in. 
And so if your main goal at, at the beginning of dating is just finding someone who makes you like feel all the butterflies and stuff like that, I'm like, yes, I'm, like that's, that has a place in dating for sure, but it's not the main thing. Because if that's your main thing, that, that passes eventually. Especially if you grow up, especially if you grow up to look more like Christ, your desires and your, the things that are attractive are gonna change. And holiness and happiness are not opposites. Often holy, holiness leads us to deeper happiness than just pursuing what we want in the moment uh, and kind of just trying to get what we want all the time. I'm convinced that the key to an amazing marriage is for people to continually become closer to Jesus and to look more like him. Like, if you can do that in a marriage, man, I think almost any marriage can make it. It's crazy. Like, if you're really committed to looking like Jesus, I think two people almost always can make it. It's, I'm like, there's better pairings for sure, and there's worse pairings, but I think there's something really to be said about that. And the leading cause of divorce, when I looked it up, is a lot of people talk about money and stuff. That's a big cause. But the leading cause is just what they call incompatibility. And I think, you know, sometimes that's just because people date poorly, right? They, they let their emotions and, and infatuation lead them to marry someone who's not a good fit for them. They get really caught up in the moment. They get caught up with the butterflies. And then they get married to someone that they're not a good fit with. But I think even beyond that, the other cause is this mentality that, like, oh, if this person no longer makes me happy, then, then they must not be the one for me. Like, it must not be good. This marriage is doomed if this person doesn't make me happy anymore. And I think that's just a flawed idea. If that is our starting place, there are going to be seasons that that happens. That's going to happen to anyone. There's going to be rough spots. Like, that's just going to happen. But if our mentality is, I'm going to marry someone who makes me a better disciple, that makes me look like Christ, man, that is such a much more firm foundation to build a marriage on than just this like temporary happiness that's going to come and go with your emotions over time. So holiness over happiness. And like Darby does make me incredibly happy. Like she really does. But she also makes me more holy. She consistently stretches me to look like Christ even when she's not trying to, just by the nature of who she is. Like that is a huge part of our relationship. And so, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the question I want to leave you guys with in this section is just, it's a, it's a question that really uh, was, was hard for me to wrestle with. Because when I first started dating, and even when Darby and I first started dating, I think our mentality was this whole, like, we just liked each other, we thought we, each other were cool. You should see photos of me from <laughs> freshman year. I was not cool. I was so dorky. But, yeah, like, we were just kind of infatuated with each other. And eventually I got around people on Focus who were, started asking me questions around, like, uh, uh, oh, I got lost in my notes. I want to make sure I get the wording right. Does the person you're pursuing make you into a better disciple? Does the person you're pursuing make you into a better disciple? I think that's something you have to wrestle with. If you're in a relationship right now, you've got to wrestle with that. And if you're not in a relationship and you're just thinking about that, you've got to think through that when you're deciding on who to pursue. Um, I think it's a huge, huge factor. Because if you don't, you might end up going in two different directions later in life. And that is a, is a messy path to go down. My second principle for you guys is in the world you go with what is natural. In the kingdom you go with what makes you look like Christ. So very connected. In the world you go with what is natural. In the kingdom you go with what makes you look like Christ. What I see a lot is, yeah, it's kind of like wanting to fit in, but it's also just like, oh, it feels, it feels organic, it feels authentic, it feels natural, and that's why I do it. So I see that show up in how people ask people out on dates and how they go about like even deciding to date someone. I see it show up in in relationships, like people who are already dating, and they're just kind of going with the flow, and they're just kind of like going where, wherever like the world kind of leads them and wherever their kind of like emotions and feelings lead them. But the problem is without intentionality, you will end up in places that are not super great because we're not 
honestly pretty good at predicting what's going to make us happy. We're not that good at that. Or even predicting what's good for us. So I want to read two verses. One is Proverbs 14.2, or 14.12, and then Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17.9. So the Proverbs one. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. And Jeremiah 1. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Sweet. Yeah, so these verses kind of point us to this idea of like, man, we are just bad predictors of what's good for us. We constantly choose stuff that's actually bad for us. And emotions and chemistry and that kind of stuff does have a place in dating. But it would be weird, you know, it would be weird if you didn't like the person you were dating. You didn't have some sort of emotion towards them, right? But if that's all you're going off, it's going to leave you to dangerous places. And you're going to be stuck in a place that you don't actually want to be. So take them into consideration. Take chemistry and that kind of stuff into consideration. But don't let it be the one determining factor. And you'll see what feels natural changes over time, right? It's very connected to my first kind of thought. And with that, if you're in a relationship, my advice for you is to date intentionally slow. So date very intentionally. Don't just kind of go with whatever, whatever you want, you know, whatever feels natural and just kind of take it like day by day. You're not thinking about, yeah, what is, what is like the progress of this relationship look like? Where are we going? Where are we heading? And that kind of stuff. But also date slowly. I think most people's problem is not that they don't progress in relationships, but that it's they progress way too fast and they go too fast too soon. That was Darby and I's problem. We went way too fast too soon. And we started talking about marriage and all this stuff really early on. And then we had to hit the brakes hard. And it was, it was really painful for both of us to like basically have talked about all this stuff and gone really fast. And then, because that's what felt natural. We we're just excited about the relationship. We were just going. And then we realized like, oh gosh, like we're so far this way. And we need to decide like, are we even a good fit for one another? Like, is this actually a wise uh, decision to go into marriage and stuff like that? And the pulling back was really painful. Because if you have already gone that far, it feels like you're like saying that you don't like that person anymore, that you don't love them anymore. If you're trying to go like, no, I want to make a good decision about going forward. And so my encouragement to y'all that are dating, like, go slow, go intentional, be intentional about the questions you ask each other, about when you hit different like mile marks in dating. It's going to serve you so much more because it is painful to go the opposite. And many marriages lead to many divorces. That's something I learned when I was probably like a sophomore or junior in college, and it stuck with me. Many marriages lead to many divorces. If you act like you're married while you're dating, mm -hmm. and you end up like breaking up, it's gonna feel like a mini divorce. Yeah. It's gonna feel that intense. So if you go back quickly with someone, it's gonna feel way bigger. It's kind of my last principle, I would feel remiss not bringing this up, which is, in the world, marriage is the only way to be fulfilled relationally. But in the kingdom, you can be just as relationally fulfilled while being single be just as relationally fulfilled while being single. And I have like a huge, huge passion for this. Like this is one of my big things that I like love talking about and I can't talk about it for a ton of time. But yeah, like I feel like our culture and the church, man, even the church especially, puts like an emphasis on marriage. Like if you're not getting married, you're like doing something wrong. Like and it's, you see it in like church structure. You see it in, uh, yeah, eventually, you know, you're in the singles group and then you like graduate up to the married group. And you don't want to be the one 40-year-old person in a single group, right? Like, you see how we build churches and stuff. We put marriage on this pedestal that, like, everything always leads to this marriage. And then we, we kind of, like, idealize it and into this thing that, like, oh, if I one day don't get married or something like that, I'm not going to be fulfilled as a person. Like, I'm not going to be fulfilled relationally. I'll be lonely. All this kind of stuff. Yet, if we believe that Jesus actually lived the most 
human life he could. He lived the most fulfilling life that he could, uh, that any human could. And he was single, and there's something wrong there, right? Like marriage cannot be the key to being relationally fulfilled. If Jesus and Paul and all these church leaders were single, that cannot be true. And, you know, you see Paul talk about it. You see him talk about how many doors are opened up when you're single for ministry and for loving God and serving God in these big, big ways. Like, it's so exciting. And I think we need, as a community, to start creating space for that to be an option. One, for, for so many reasons, right? For people who just don't feel like they want to get married one day. That's just not for them. They want to serve God in that special way that you can when you're single. Like, if that's that scenario... We have to be able to be people that can be their friends and provide that relational intimacy even without them like being in a relationship and being married. And that's like how you see Jesus modeling it with these friendships with people, these deep, deep connections with friends. That's why we talk about it so much. And my, my, main, my main thing that I'm, makes me so passionate about this is if we want to support the LGBTQ community, this is a huge way we can do it. Like, if we want there to be this pathway to, be, to choose to be single, but also feel like you're involved in family life and community life and have your relational needs met, we have to make some sacrifices and date differently and marry differently and open up spaces that we're willing to create a relational time for people and invite people into our families and invite people in that kind of stuff to make a spot for those people. If we want to support those people, that is a huge way we can do that. And so we got to change how we date, and we got to change how we do kind of some of that stuff. I, I'm, I'm very passionate about it. I wish to talk more about it. But that is my encouragement to you guys. Like, one, if you haven't thought about it, pray about it, you should pray about that. Pray about, like, don't just assume, like, oh, I should get married. But, like, pray about it. Like, Lord, like, what do you want for me? <laughs> what, what do you want for the direction of my life? And then, two, think about how can I date or eventually one day marry and be someone who creates space for people who are single? Who can invite them into family life so they can experience family life still? Uh, okay, now I'm going to move into this time, but I just called. Uh, no, keep going, keep going. Oops, sorry, sorry. Oh, you're good. Drew's unsolicited dating <laughs> advice. Uh, so I call this Drew's unsolicited dating advice. One, because you didn't ask me for it. And then two, because I can't speak for focus as a whole. I know you guys talk about, like, oh, it's focus dating, like, focus dating is this or that. I'm like, I can't tell you what focus dating is. I can just tell you what I've seen works and what I've seen doesn't work. Once again, I've seen and talked to, I probably at this point, like hundreds of people about dating. And so I've seen a lot of stuff that works and a lot of stuff that doesn't work. And so I'm just gonna give you some of my advice about this, these like general kind of principles. And I encourage you guys to listen and be open to that. I know it might be a little different than the way you're, you're normally going about stuff, but I just you know pray that maybe some parts of it can stand out to you. Because I once again, I'm like, I have, no, I have nothing to gain from like you guys dating with the way I went. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't have anything to gain. But really, it's just about you guys. I, I want you guys to have healthy, exciting, like fun dating, not just dating that's like drama-filled and uh, like anxious and all this kind of stuff. I don't want that for you guys. All right, number one, just ask people out on dates and make them less of a big deal. So ask people out on dates and make them less of a big deal. That goes for you guys and that goes for you girls. That's okay. Girls can ask guys out. Who knew? Who knew? We're in 2022. We can do it. We can do it. Okay. So yeah, I know this is the, the typical focused dating advice, right? Like we talk about, yeah, go, go on more dates. Ask people out on dates, on dates. And it doesn't have to be like 
the whole like huge dinner and the and the expensive steak dinner and all that kind of stuff, right? You could just be going to be getting to know someone over coffee. <laughs> and I, I get it. Okay. Okay. I get I get that there's pushback to this, right? There's pushback because it's not a perfect system. I know it's not a perfect system. Um, but I think it lets you help build these bridges across the guy side and the girl side. It helps you build the community. It helps you build friendships through the community. It helps refine you into someone who can actually pick a spouse or a partner who's going to be a much better fit for you. Because once again, we don't often know what is immediately good for us. And you need to get to know more people to actually decide what that is. And it helps you become a better date. Like I always talk to people like, what if, what if one day you're going to go on a date and like you've never gone on any dates until that point. And then now this is like someone who's an amazing match for you, but you have no idea how to even go on a date anymore. Like that's a terrible situation to be in, right? You want to like learn how to date. You want to learn how to be a good date. And I know some of the pushback for this, at least that I hear on the guy's side, is you don't want to lead someone on by asking them on a date. You don't want to lead them on. You don't want to communicate that you're interested in them when you're not actually interested in them. And you're just like trying to like know them as a person. And you don't want to communicate all this kind of stuff. And I get that, like I get that worry, right? I think that's why, you know, as a community, we need to make this less of a big deal. Like if we all somewhat get on board with this, that like uh, worry decreases a little bit. But I will point this out, because typically the alternative that, pe that people present to me is like, okay, I'm not gonna just ask people to get on dates to get to know them. I'm gonna just become their friend over time and spend a lot of time with them, be their friend, and then eventually I'm gonna like ask them out and we're gonna like start dating, dating right? Like that's like the alternative that I most often see. But here's, here's the thing. Like if you do that and you realize you've been flirting for months, you've been like building this friendship, you've been building this connection, you finally know they like you, and then you ask them out, and then you go on like, you know, you've been dating for like two weeks, and you go, oh wait, we're actually like not a good fit. Like once we actually like added a romantic element, like we're not a good fit, and then you have to break up with them. Which one was leading the person on more, right? Like you were leading that person on for months, and months and months, and then you like have to dump them once you actually get into a romantic relationship. Like that is, you're leading on that person way more way more and yeah which one is more loving right like yeah maybe someone will be a little bit led on asking them on one day but it's not this like months and months long process and so that was a long long thing for that first point but i think it's one of the major ones right that we kind of run into so second point this one's pretty simple just communicate clearly i think there's a lot of this stuff that's like you're trying to like read each other's minds and like Kind of like, okay, what is that person thinking? Like, what do they think about me? What do they think about this day? All that kind of stuff. And what I what I want to say to that one is you'll save yourself a lot of high school esque drama if you just communicate clearly and, and, and boldly and bluntly and just tell people, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm going through. I know it's scary, but you'll save yourself a lot of pain. And do you want to be married to a person who always plays all these subtle mind games all the time? That's trying to hope you pick up on all these subtle hints that they're laying down? Like, you don't want that. You don't want that. You want someone who clearly communicates what they want. Their expectations, their feelings, their emotions. You want someone who clearly communicates that stuff. So become that person, too. All right. Third one. It's kind of related to the first one. It's just get to know a variety of people. This is a way for you to actually develop uh, an idea of who I'm actually... Uh, compatible with, who is going to be good for me to date. So just get to know a variety of people. I don't have much on that. 
My fourth one is just stop <laughs> touching each other. Uh, I'll say it again. Stop touching each other. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, okay, I, joke, I joke a little bit. I joke a little bit. Um, but, you know, seriously. <laughs> uh, but, okay, once again, remember my story. Like, I was there. Like, I've done this. Like, I've, I've done all that stuff. And so I, I realized the temptation there, right? The Darby's like. <laughs> 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 sure. Sure. Um, I wish I was I get, I get that it, it feels like he's coming out of a place of love, right? It's like I'm expressing my love for this person. I'm, I'm showing how much I'm like committed to them and love them. And not so sometimes you're just not thinking. And here's the thing. If you use the other person to satisfy your own sexual desires now, like, one, if you're leading other people into sin like that, that is never loving. Like, that is never loving to lead other people into sin. But if you're just using this other person to satisfy your sexual desires now, that's what you're setting yourself up for long term. Like, don't think that's not going to have consequences long term into your marriage. You're setting these patterns and habits that you're using the other person instead of serving the other person. So you've got to be really careful about that. You've got to be really careful. Okay. Uh, number five. Just call it what it is. And this, I have a little clip. I've been watching New Girl extensively. Uh, yeah, for this sermon alone, like there's no other reason I'm watching it. Um, but I do have this little clip that I think perfectly sums up what I see all the time. So hopefully you guys can hear it. You're gonna have to be really quiet. It's gonna be a little quiet. Uh, fear of what people will think, fear of the unknown future and how it's going to go, all that kind of stuff. Fear does not have a place in our lives as disciples. Yeah. Um, and I know it's hard. I know it's really hard. I know it's scary to ask people out. I know it's scary that someone's going to get the wrong impression. I know it's scary to, to, to think about being alone like long term or something like that. But a lot of that comes from either not trusting in God 
or realizing only so much, or not realizing, only so much is within our control. We only need to have control over so much. And so we can just do the best that we can do. So I don't think fear has a place in our dating. All right, number seven. Be careful of the media you intake and how it influences your thoughts and expectations. Like I said, I've been watching New Girl. It has a terrible example. It's a terrible example, right? It's just awful. Uh, it's very funny, but it's, it's awful. Uh, but I think this one should be obvious. The media we consume is definitely going to influence us. And so we're, if we're watching a lot of TV shows or YouTube or TikToks and stuff about like super, super romantic things, it's going to influence your expectations for dating and set some unrealistic expectations a lot of times. Okay, i got to go kind of fast. Number eight. You, you get to determine what is normal. You get to determine what is normal in dating. Do, don't let other people determine what you're gonna do in terms of dating. Like, don't let like, the, the worry of being weird determine what is best for you in dating. Like, who cares? You get to decide if you date well or not, not other people. Don't let culture dictate that to you. You get to set the norms. And we get to set the norms in this community. We get to decide what this community looks like with that. Number nine, you're in control of your responses and actions, not other people's. This is a big thing. People are always scared about like, oh, what if they're gonna do this or that? I'm like, you're in control of your responses. You're in control of your reactions. You let God handle that other stuff. Like, like it's good to take other people's feelings into consideration, but you don't have ultimate control over that, and that's okay. Number 10, you're gonna make mistakes. It's gonna be awkward at times, and that is okay. You're gonna make mistakes sometimes. We are, none of us are experts at this. Like, none of us, like, have, like, dated perfectly or done something like that. And so you're going to make mistakes, and it's going to be awkward, and you have to be okay with that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. We'll figure it out together. We're in this together. Well, I'm not, but you guys are. Uh, <laughs> number 11. Get advice. This is my last thing. Get advice. There are people around who have gone through these kind of things, and they could actually speak a lot of wisdom into your life about this. Um, and I just encourage you, don't. Don't go to that friend who's like been on one date like four years ago. Like they might not be the best to give you advice. Go to people who have dated really well and that you've seen be a good example or have a lot of uh, you know insight and experience with that. All right, my last thing is just, I'm gonna say, my hope for this community is that they can become a place where dating isn't stressful or overly complicated, that people aren't scared to ask one another out, that y'all can enjoy going on dates and it can be something that builds our community. <coughs> that guys and girls can get to know each other in healthy settings, that people can date with the help of the community all coming around one another, and that healthy dating will lead to healthy marriages. Like That is my hope and prayer for you guys. So as the worship team comes back up, I'm gonna pray for us real quick, uh, real quick and we're gonna close. Lord, 